0: If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is Nicole Stewart. Nicole was a performance coach to the Australian Paralympic gold medalist Joanne Formosa during her 2012 London campaign. Nicole's helped transform the riding and lives of thousands of equestrian athletes all over the world over the past seven years. She's been a working student for Megan Jones for 18 months, and she wrote extensively under Jamie Komen for two years as well, and she's been an FEI two-star eventer. How are you, Nicole? I'm well, thank you. Good. Now, I know there's far too many to choose from because you're you know, performance coach, but have you chosen a favourite quote for us today or an inspirational quote?
1: I have, sure. So you're so right. There is way too many to choose from in my profession. And I think the one that I love and the one that I've chosen for you today is that butterflies are important. You just have to make them fly in formation. I don't actually know who that quote's from but I've seen it around and about over the years and I feel like it's really true. I have a lot of athletes that come to me and they want to get rid of their fear altogether or they want to get rid of their nerves altogether and the reality is we're human beings. We experience fear and nerves and a level of anxiety and those things are really, really normal and so it's about being able to make those butterflies fly in formation as opposed to letting them run you. Yeah, so that's why
0: I love that quote. (laughs) That that is a good one. It is a good one. I'm sure you would have used it yourself as an eventer. You teach it to, yeah, and you use it a fair bit within your own coaching. That's good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Now, Nicole, can you tell us about your first memories with horses? You know, what was the first time that you remember patting a horse, being on a horse, having a horse in your life?
1: Yeah, sure. I have really clear recollections of sitting on the front of a stock saddle in front of my uncle, mm-hmm. and I probably would have been about three or four years old. My mum grew up with horses in rural Victoria, and it was during one of our visits to her family that that I got to sit up on a horse with my uncle and it was really in my blood ever since that I remember I think it was like a tall bay horse that I rode for the first time and I was just enraptured.
0: That's good that's good yeah and good on your uncle.
1: Yeah I'm sure my mum wasn't that thrilled with you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's already had horses she knows about the hard work. Yeah, Yeah 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 so tell me just progressing on then to get your first horse You know, just how did that work out?
1: I actually came to more serious riding quite a bit later in life. So I did lots of lessons, did lots of weekly lessons, and went to riding stables and things like that to further my education and to be in contact with horses because I was so horse mad. But I didn't get my own horse until I was 17. And my rule from my parents was kind of that I really needed to be able to contribute to the upkeep of the horse financially and that they really wanted to make sure that I was super serious before they invested time and money into getting me a horse i guess they know so many little girls want a horse but aren't really prepared for the hard work
0: so mm, mm, yeah mm. so the career you've got now you're combining your equestrian knowledge with your forward coaching so can you tell me a bit about that what what made you decide on that you know why did you go down that line to be a performance coach. Sure.
1: So I was always an extremely ambitious rider and mm-hmm. always pushed myself really, really hard. And in my eagerness to improve and push myself, I overfaced myself and the horse that I was riding at the time, and ended up having a quite a big and serious accident in two thousand and eight the horse that I was riding and I were both really lucky to walk away from that incident with little more than a couple of scratches between mm-hmm. us and some stitches. But we yeah, we did a full rotation over a show jump and really shattered both of our confidences. Mm-hmm. And having been such an ambitious rider, I was really hungry to to get back to where I was and to not just to get back to where I was, but to really to improve and to be better than mm-hmm. I'd ever been. And so it was that journey that took me on an exploration of human performance and mindset and led me down the path to want to then support other people on that journey as well and to then kind of get the tools that I needed to be able to coach people around their mind and around their bodies and and their their peak performance and then to combine that with my own experience so yeah that that was kind of in a snapshot that was how it happened
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's sort of you know you say it like that now and it seems just fairly logical but I'm sure it took you a little bit longer than that to say no this is what I'm going to do this is my career this is yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah now a lot of people want to work in the horse industry and I'm sure you come across it all the time What do you think are the core skills and character traits that someone needs to work in the horse industry?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think somebody who wants to have a career in
0: the horse industry
1: needs to be extremely resilient and extremely self-motivated. Mm -hmm. I see people who come and go in the horse industry, they might have one of those ingredients, they might be really resilient, but they need somebody else to kind of push them, I suppose, or they might be really self-motivated, but not particularly thick-skinned. And I think that either one by themselves is good, but to have both of those, to have the ability to, take failure after failure after failure, because Mm -hmm. that's the reality when you're working with horses and to have setback after setback after setback Mm -hmm. and to have coaches who give it to you really tough and give it to you really straight and to be able to keep going and to keep motivating yourself. Those are two really, really key ingredients.
0: I'm just thinking back, you know, because your mother knew how much work there was with horses and rather than just you know, buying your pony and, you know, helping you out with it. They gave you the weekly, you know, the lessons, which was great because yeah. they're great education without having your own horse. But yeah. the fact that they said you have to financially contribute, do you think that helped you become more self-motivated yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a stronger person? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I recall a lot of kids that I say went through pony club with by the time I had my own horse and Mm. you know I came into pony club when I was 17 when I got that first horse and I was there riding with kids who were much younger than me and had had horses their whole lives and whose parents kind of paid for everything and I really knew the value of everything that I had and Mm -hmm. I was a little bit older so probably a bit more mature and really really hungry to improve myself so I was improving much faster than, than a lot of the other kids that I was riding with at Pony Club because of those factors, because of the fact that I really valued what I had and I really understood, you know, the investment, I suppose. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Yeah. What do you think then is the best thing about working in the horse industry? Uh, <laughs>
1: how do I choose just one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like for me, the greatest gifts that i've received from working with horses have been the fact that horses have been such a mirror for me horses mm-hmm. have been the mirror for my own growth they've shown me when i'm feeling a bit too frustrated and emotional and i don't get the result that i want and so i have to respond to that and change the way that i'm managing myself and the way that i'm showing up or they've shown me when I'm not being assertive enough or by walking all over me or whatever and, and giving me those opportunities to actually respond to my environment and grow myself and evolve as a human being, not just as, you know, somebody who's handling a horse. They've taught me about self-reflection and emotional management and how to keep going in the face of failures.
0: Mm, mm. I'm just thinking, you know, the fact that you're saying horses have been a mirror for your own growth. You've still got to be open to that. You've still got to be able to look into the mirror to see that. Yes, that's exactly right.
1: I totally agree. And, and I always say to people whenever they come and inquire about working with me, it's like one of my prerequisites for working with somebody is that they're coachable. Mm. And it's like, you know, I can talk to them until I'm blue in the face with great yes. reflections and feedback and support. But unless somebody's actually willing to, like you say, look in the mirror or mm. receive that feedback,
0: then oh, there's not much you can do, is there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, you talked about Megan Jones and Jamie Coleman, who've both been previous guests for hours. So if people Amazing. are in, yeah interested in that, they can go to horsechats.com and search for Megan or search for Jamie beautiful yeah just tell me a little bit about them what you've learned from them what how they've influenced you and if there's anyone else you want to include as well
1: oh wow both of those people have been massively influential in my journey as an athlete Mm -hmm. and they've been massively supportive in my journey as an athlete and I feel like I've received huge amounts of support from them in response to the level of dedication that I showed up with and the level of commitment that I showed up with. And I really respect the fact that writers like that would have people knocking on their door every day to try and get opportunities like the ones that I had. Mm -hmm. So I'm really grateful for the fact that whatever they saw in me and they made the decision to to give me those opportunities and uh, and I also know that that's because I showed up with an incredible amount of commitment and, and willingness to do the work and mm-hmm. to keep pushing. I feel like Megan's just a, an absolute technician and a wizard when it comes to detail and, and producing eventing horses. I can't think of anybody else who can do what she does. Yep, And she really has an incredible gift. And she and I have spent many late nights picking our brains and, and pulling apart high performance and what it means to be somebody who does the things that she does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's just a remarkable woman with an incredible gift. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful to have her as a mentor. Yep. And I, I feel like Jamie has taught me the love for show jumping after my big accident. Being a show jumping accident, that was always my weakest phase in my eventing. And I recognized that. And that was why I went to Jamie and said, Hey, I want to adjust my horses at your property and I want to ride under you all the time. And so that's what led to me spending two years with him after. I had completed my working pupil position with Megan Mm -hmm. was knowing that the show jumping was my weakest phase and and he taught me to really appreciate the feeling of a good show jumping horse and to really enjoy show jumping as well. So, yeah, both incredible mentors.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you've talked about the commitment and the willingness, but, you know, to say this is my biggest weakness, I'm just going to attack it, this is what (laughs) I need to improve. Yeah, I think that shows your strength of character as well, so that's great. great. Thank you. I think that's what it takes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about horses? Have you had a horse that you think this has been the number one horse or has it been across a couple that, you know, I'm sure they all help you in different ways, but can you tell us a bit about even the key horses that you think have helped you?
1: Yeah, sure. So I, I think the main horse that's really been I guess pivotal in my journey as an athlete has been the horse that I went to two star on. Mm -hmm. His name was Bells Park Archibald Prize, and he's now owned by a dear friend and student of mine. I picked him up as a almost four-year-old while I was a working student with Megan, and I had originally been looking for a more going horse because at that time I was still really battling with bad confidence challenges whenever I jumped, and there was (laughs) this big, like, 17-hand, gangly, unco thing that was just wild, and (laughs) I ended up doing some work with him while I was there with megan and inevitably of course i fell in love with him and ended up purchasing him and wow i've never learned so much from a horse he Mm. was so 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 tricky yep but also so so brave i've never sat on a horse like that Mm -hmm. since Mm -hmm. just absolutely loves his job and i think i was told by multiple people (laughs) i think you should sack that one and get rid of it (laughs) and uh and i just kept persisting because i had this feeling that it was like no there's really something in there Mm -hmm. and uh, we spent a good couple of years playing around at prelim and you know seemingly not being able to get past that that point because the horse just wouldn't go on the bit or it wouldn't leave a rail up in the show jumping it would always Mm -hmm. jump clear cross-country but you know it's like it was he was so 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 tricky, and then all of a sudden the the pennies started dropping and he went pre- novice one star two star in a couple of years That's and good. yeah, really yeah. super horse. so yeah yeah, yeah. really good. special one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now thinking about you know, and you've talked about him, being, being a challenge and great that you were with Megan because, you know, if you think of maybe if you're in a different place or working just by yourself, maybe you might have got a bit stuck with him. Yeah.
1: I don't think I could have taken that horse on safely without mm-hmm. her guidance,
0: to be honest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So where you are now, what's been your biggest challenge on your way, not necessarily with, you know, horse challenge but just a career challenge?
1: I think my my biggest challenge has been in the last 2 years or so mm-hmm. uh, around 2 years ago I had an incredibly tough beginning to that would have been 2016 yeah 2 years ago mm-hmm. and in the space of about 3 months I had my old horse die who was what, like my first serious eventing horse. Yep. I had her die, uh, I had my nan die, hmm. and then my seven and a half year relationship ended.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Okay. I kind of hit a wall. I hit really massive burnout and I found myself in a place where I'd been pushing myself in, uh, like pushing myself towards this goal of, of one day going to an Olympics and pushing myself and pushing myself and pushing myself. And, and as anybody in horses would know, how expensive that can be. Mm-hmm. And so I was running a team of three horses and competing three horses and just with this absolute tunnel vision focus on mm-hmm. on the Olympics, on on being the absolute best that I yep. could be and being yep. the best in the world. And those experiences, I really hit a wall and, mm-hmm. and hit a massive amount of burnout and had to slow down and get really honest with myself about what I really wanted to be doing and whether I really wanted horses to be my whole life. And I understand that, you know, people like Jamie, people like Megan, the reason they've been to the Olympics, the reason they've – gotten to that standard is because they have literally given their whole life to that cause you know people like joe Formoso, who i worked with really closely throughout Mm -hmm. her london campaign and you know she i'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this but like she finished and she won that gold medal and she partially jokingly partially seriously said to me afterwards like i can die now that was my purpose Mm -hmm. that was what Mm -hmm. i was here to do and at that point when i hit that burnout i had to really slow down and inquire as to whether that was my level of intensity and my level of commitment. So there was a big part of me as a performance coach, as somebody who drives people to always be striving to improve, that felt like a real fraud when I started going, well, maybe that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that that's been my biggest challenge has been in redefining my relationship to horses and redefining my relationship to the horse industry and, yeah, looking at who I really want to be. Mm-hmm. In, in
0: the mm-hmm. last two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's um, very honest and down to a thing that you've said and gone through. And I'm sure it's going to be able to help your people because high performance, it's not all, and you tell me because you're the expert, I'm not, but in my mind, it's not all about winning. High performance can be about being the best you can be and being, having, sometimes it's about having a balanced life and having. Not just the tunnel vision, but having something a little bit broader, you know, and think about quality of life, not just. absolutely yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: you're you're 100% right and being able to you know show up in the world and in a way that you know for some people it is 100% true like you know what I just want to put the blinkers on and I want to go to an Olympic Games and I I don't care if I don't have an intimate relationship in my life and I don't care if I never save up enough money to own a home like I just want to sink everything into this incredible journey and this inspiration and drive to mm, to be mm, an olympian mm, one day and and for those people if that's 100 percent true for them amazing that yep, power to yep, you but you're 100 yep. percent right there's there's also people out there who just want to enjoy their riding and have a great time and be the best that they can be and have a heap of fun and grow themselves and improve themselves and learn and and to have all of those other things too and and there's no right or wrong at all mm, it's it's mm. really about choosing what is most true for you and then growing within that
0: parameter yep yep yes yeah, so I mm. suppose that that hitting the wall as you say is really you telling yourself that this is not the way I want to be You know, if if everything's going well and you can get through and over things like that, then you're right. But, um, yeah, it's something to think about, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the the great challenge that I faced was that, a uh, part of my identity had really become that like I'm I'm working towards going to the Olympics mm, mm. and that was the bit that was challenging to release mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. come to terms with it's maybe maybe that's not actually what I want and there's a lot of pushing and there's a lot of there's a lot of times that I've sat with riders who have told me a story about their goals changing and yep, yep. in those situations I can often see through that story and just see that there's massive fear in the way Mm -hmm. and there's massive fear of maybe I'm not going to get there. And there's times that I've needed to have really loving conversations with my clients and give them a gentle kick up the backside and say, you know what? do you actually want this? Like do, do you actually really want this? And are you prepared to push past this fear and not let this get in the way for you? And I think that that's, that's the inquiry I had to make into myself is, you know, am I really scared that I'm not going to get there?
0: Mm.
1: Or am mm. I just coming to terms with the fact that my goals are changing and my priorities are shifting?
0: Yep, yep. Mm. It's a
1: hard conversation <laughs> to have with yourself. <laughs> oh, I'm sure,
0: I'm sure. And And thinking, yeah. you know, because you've gone through – and this is you as a performance coach, you you know, talking about your own journey, about mm. the, the loss of confidence you had with your riding and your jumping, but then, you know, the more recent, um, yeah, just on your own journey and finding what you need. But what's, you know, you now as a performance coach, what's another common reason why people would need a performance coach? Great question.
1: So, I guess fear and nerves is a really big one. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of people with fear and nerves. Other challenges that I help people face are things like I don't feel worthy enough to invest in my journey as an athlete. You know, people who are time and time again getting the wrong horse for themselves Mm. or selling themselves short in the path that they take because they're not really prepared to back themselves and yep. step up and uh, other challenges that people might face are when they everything goes really well at home and then they get out to a competition and all of a sudden the wheels fall off and they can't ride a to c in a straight line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily a fear or nerves thing but the way that our nervous systems work if you're putting yourself under massive pressure sometimes sometimes stuff doesn't go the way that you'd really like it to when you're in the ring. So that's another area that I work with people on a great deal as well. Yep, yep, yep. It's really endless, I feel like. I feel like (laughs) it's a a bit of a bottomless pit in terms of, you know, the ways in which performance coaching can help people enhance their lives. It's really this question of, like, do I want my riding and my life to be different to the way that it is right now, Mm -hmm. yes or no, and then do I know how to get there? Do I know how to bridge that gap from where I am now to where I really want to be? Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, the answer is no, because if you did know how to get there, then you would already be there.
0: Yes. Uh, And and
1: so it's like, it's so much born of that question of, do you know where you'd really love to be? Mm -hmm. And are you there now? And do you know how to get yourself there without the help of somebody else? And. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's yep. often yep. where the question, uh, often where I start with people is, you know, they come to me saying, it's like, I, I know I'm capable of more than this and
0: I know that I want more than this. I just don't know how to do it. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. And those answers I'm sure are going to be different with every person that you talk to.
1: That's a hundred percent right. Mm. And there's so much that comes into play. You know, people don't realize just how complex we actually are as beings. And that's one of the reasons that I love what I do is because there's never a really clear answer. But mm. you know, somebody who's had massive confidence challenges as a little kid and not being able to back themselves in the playground playing on play equipment, and I'm just using this as an example. Yep. But it's like you know those sorts of challenges can show up later in our lives, and we've got mm. no idea where they've come from. Or you know, a, a little child who's had a, a parent or guardian that's constantly said like, "Oh, be careful, you'll fall. Don't go over there and do that." And mm. and there's this voice all of a sudden that starts coming in to their mind when they're pushing themselves to expand. That's saying like, "Oh, uh, you know, be careful, you'll fall." You. Can't do that mm-hmm. and they're going where's this voice even coming from it's like we don't realize that so often so many of our beliefs are actually not our own they're from somebody else they're from yep. society or our parents or yep. an instructor yep. once that said something that was a bit overly tough to us and we don't realize how sensitive we actually are to our environment as mm-hmm. as human beings and we kind of see ourselves as being these little like individual vessels that are floating around through the world and and we're not really affected by what goes on around us but that's just not true Mm-hmm. so yeah there's there's so much complexity when I'm working with somebody in terms of what's actually there for them and the challenge they're facing and where it's come from, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, have you got a book that you could recommend people read?
1: That would really depend on what it was that they were wanting to learn about.
0: Yep. Um, so so again, it's like, where are you now? And where do yeah, you want to be? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like, you know, what is the, what's your point A and what's mm. the point B that you're working towards? Because mm-hmm. there's fantastic resources out there for uh, performance coaching. You know, you can go and, look at anything by Tony Robbins and he will talk to you about you know peak performance and mindset and how to be really focused and powerful under pressure and then there's also massive value in doing work around being able to get slow down and get in your body and be in the present moment and actually relax your body and relax your body so your nervous system can unwind and let you function under pressure. So like there's a huge spectrum of resources that can be really appropriate and applicable for Mm -hmm. people when they're facing performance coaching related challenges. And they're not all horse related resources either. It's like, you know, again, like you said, that question of where are you now and where do you want to go?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. And I think Tony Robbins, it's not the first time that someone's recommended his books as well. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. Now, what are you looking forward to in the future? You've got a young horse that you're getting ready and bringing on. and Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so my little young horse, she's just turned seven mm-hmm. and I bred and broke her in myself. She is the daughter of my first serious competition horse the one that passed away yeah, at the start yeah. of the year 2 years ago yep. and she's by one of Megan's stallions so that mare went in fall while I was working for Megan mm-hmm. so this little mare is yeah this this young horse is really special actually she has a super movement and she's a great type and has a beautiful jump and right now I'm I'm just enjoying bringing her on really slowly she's mm-hmm. a pretty sensitive almost I guess you could call her like a skeptical person (laughs) she really (laughs) wants to understand the world around her and she's uh yeah she really wants to touch everything and figure it all out and and so she's been one that I've brought on really really slowly Mm because she's just been super careful and watchful of the world around her and so we've taken things at her pace and so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with her and seeing where that journey goes.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I am also really looking forward to continuing my work with riders and I've gained some more incredible tools in this last two years of, you know, I, I had an amazing toolkit of of performance coaching tools up until that point anyway, mm-hmm. but I feel like the journey that I've been on of self-discovery in the my last two years has also led me to invest in receiving some other really incredible tools that look quite different. And so I'm really looking forward to continuing my work with, with athletes and integrating some of those new lessons that I've mm. had into into helping riders in, in a different way as well.
0: Good, good. On thinking that, you know, you get a difficult horse and if you can figure it out, then you learn so much. So you've had a difficult time in your life <laughs> and you've been able to figure it out and learn more again. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's right. Good, good. All right, now your philosophy. Can you sum up your philosophy with horses?
1: Yeah, okay. sum up my philosophy with horses. I think as an athlete, Mm -hmm. something that's really, really important is not to look for quick fixes. I see a lot of people changing instructors every month or you know, every, mm, every couple mm. of weeks, like, oh, I'll go to this clinic with this person, or I'll go to this clinic with this person, and I'll try different things. And I think it's amazing to experience what different instructors have to offer. But I also really see the value if you're going to be an exceptional athlete and to be able to produce your own horses is that you really need a system.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. it's not enough to just be able to kind of go and pick up a quick fix over here and pick up a quick fix over there I really believe that if you're serious about your riding it's important to find a system that works for you and then to polish it and refine it and learn that system deeply by working with an instructor or instructors over a long period of time and then developing from that a system that works for you Mm -hmm. so I feel like you know the people that have contributed to that for me have very much been Megan and Jamie and and then my dressage coach David and you know those three people have systems that are subtly different but complement one another and all three of them I've worked with over a very long period of time and hence have been able to develop my own system which kind of has a flavor of all three of theirs but is actually not just a quick fix But actually a whole training system. So you can produce a horse like that, or then you can get on something tricky and you can Mm. you know, you can actually problem solve it as opposed to if you flit around looking at loads of different instructors and never really deepening into a system, you just don't get that opportunity.
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: Yeah. And don't neglect your mind. That would be my other (laughs) suggestion. Yes. (laughs) You know, that's my philosophy as an athlete. But as well as that. I think that that's mainly just speaking to the physical body. I Mm -hmm. also believe that people really undervalue the opportunity to work with somebody off the horse and yes. work with somebody just with their mind and mm-hmm. you know the reality is that uh, unfortunately we actually can't multitask as well as we'd like to think even us women yep. 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 <laughs> and so there's tremendous value in actually sitting down with somebody and working with the patterns that you carry in your body working with the patterns that you carry in your mind to unpack all of that and then be able to apply it when you're sitting on the horse as opposed to kind of thinking that you're going to get everything that you from your instructor Mm -hmm. and there's incredible instructors out there don't get me wrong but it's actually you know you need both yep yep
0: yep yep Yep. Yep. all right now nicole how can people contact you they can
1: get in touch with me via email Mm -hmm. so my email address is hello at thinkforwardcoaching.com.au or they can find me on facebook my facebook page is basically just look up think forward coaching and Mm -hmm. you'll be able to find
0: my facebook page there and send me a message Brilliant. And those details will be on horsechats.com slash Nicole Stewart or horsechats.com and just search for Nicole. Nicole, you've given us just a wealth of information. You've pulled apart and given us examples and taken us on a journey and done lots of things, you know, personal journey and also with your horses. So it's been great talking to you and hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime. And I think if people need to contact you and, um, you know, have some discussions those details would be available on the page or if they were quick enough they could get a pen out or re-listen to the podcast get those details yeah
1: <laughs> amazing
0: so, wonderful all right thanks for talking to us today nicole i'll talk thanks to you for
1: having me on i've really
0: enjoyed it good bye-bye bye if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe